0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Matt Harmon and we've got the one and only Dalton Del Don here to talk all things fantasy. Now, quick reminder, folks, you can sign up for a fantasy football league right now over at Yahoo Sports. But whatever. In the meantime, Dalton, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, Matt. I believe we're both coming off vacations.
0: Um, we did talk about this midly a little bit backstage before we started recording, but it must be said again, congratulations, Matt. You had some very big news that happened to you recently while we were off.
1: Yeah, I uh, got, got engaged yesterday. So that's yes. kind of our, awesome. that's our big breaking news item. Um, yeah, thanks so much, man. I, I really I really appreciate it. And you know, it was really special for for me to get to do this back with uh, my family. Like I'm I'm in North Carolina right now with my dad's place in Emerald Isle. And, uh, you know, my whole family was here. And and we obviously live in L.A., so we mostly hang out uh, with her side of the family. So it was awesome to kind of get to do this and have, like, my sisters be here and my niece and nephew were here, the whole gang. And uh, it was awesome, you know, and and I'm just – lucky i don't don't know like know how to say this on a podcast but i'm just gonna say it. i'm lucky that i found uh somebody like her and i'm very thankful and happy that she said yes (laughs) it would have made an awkward long drive back
0: (laughs) no it's clear you're super happy and i'm super happy for you and it's it's great to see some hear some good news in the world right now man so I'm, i'm very happy for you man congratulations truly
1: yeah uh it's a big relief too by the way just to have that like Let's cross that that. bridge. And yeah, you know know what I mean, man. I'm sure many people out there do too. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, I feel like by getting engaged yesterday, uh, I was like, you know, I wasn't trying to one up Patrick Mahomes, but I feel like I kind of did. No, not really. Honestly, Patrick Mahomes, big breaking news yesterday, signed the biggest contract in American sports history, 10 years and something between 400 and 550 million dollars. Um, obviously Chiefs fans are excited about this. I I know what was your first reaction when you saw the news? Cause it was kind of like things sort of trickle out, you know, at first it was, oh, he signed a 10 year deal, which is insane. I know you, you do some baseball work. It's like, that looked more like a baseball contract to me, but, and then we started seeing more of what the design of the deal was going to look like.
0: Yeah. And those long-term deals in baseball rarely go well. Uh, My first instinct was 10 years is a long time. And then, you know, you think about it more, and then you hear the other side even, oh, he may have left some money on the table. Um, but it's Patrick Mahomes. It's the quarterback position. is so important. If you're a Chiefs fan, you're ecstatic. Uh, I mean, 50 touchdowns his rookie year. Last year, we talked about how he was you know, out of control before the injury. And then, obviously, it resulted in a Super Bowl win. I mean, you even, I don't even want to bore you with the gory math details, but Ben Baldwin has uh, his, his quarterbacks listed over the last 20 years, and he combines EPA and CPOE. Patrick Mahomes is number one. I mean, then yeah. it's then it's, Pat, it's Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, the obvious numbers. Uh, he may not be the most accurate of all them, but when he does make a play, he adds more points than any expected. I mean, it is just so valuable, the, the place he does make. So I, obviously it's a, it's a gamble. It's a whole decade and whatnot. Things change fast in sports, but the quarterback and, and tying up, you know, the salary and all that in the NFL. But quarterback is when you have the whatever, three or four difference makers in any given generation. He's clearly one of them and maybe truly special. How can you argue with this deal, man? I mean, it's 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 great if you're a Chiefs fan.
1: Yeah, the only thing that was surprising to me is I thought he might be the first player to, you know, have the leverage to get like a percentage of the salary cap deal, um like, you know, hey, I'm going to make 30%, 40% of the cap in, in any given season. So I thought that and especially when I saw the 10 years, I thought at first like, "Oh, that might be this might be it because we're not going to get like the raw figure right away. Like the way the news sort of trickled out, I thought this might be that deal. But, you know, in football terms, pretty standard, obviously not like a baseball contract, fully guaranteed, everything like that. You know, he'll honestly, the thing is, too, I feel like we're going to be sitting here talking about five years from now because I think this was a 10 year extension. So it's tacked on to the original last two years of his deal already so i'm sure in like five years from now we're going to be sitting here talking about the fact that uh they're restructuring or they're going to get another contract in there because by the time i mean 10 years from now quarterbacks it's not outrageous to think obviously with this offseason in particular we're talking a lot about like what's the salary cap going to look like next year because of the loss of the league revenue due to the pandemic and everything like that but Barring anything, you know, anything more unforeseen that we've already lived through, by the time this deal is up 12 years from now, quarterbacks could be making what, like $60 million per year?
0: Totally. And contracts are so tough to decipher just in general in the NFL. You have to really get to the details and what's guaranteed and whatnot. But yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Well, who knows anything in, in this world's future? But not j- I have my I have homes ahead of Lamar Jackson in fantasy, my number one QB. Um, but in real life or fantasy, it's not just that he a transcendent player, but he's in the Andy Reid system. Um, uh, Nicole Hardman looks like a you know, eventual star. These speed guys, Watkins even re-signed, obviously, Kelsey there. And they added the best pass-catching back to uh, people from college since since McCaffrey. I mean, uh, it's just such yeah. a, such a great system and, and situation to go along with the player. It's not like, you know, someone fighting the system like Russell Wilson constantly, this is, we're going to put all these pieces around you to help you succeed. So, I mean, just what a nice confluence of, of perfect events. If you're a, a, a fantasy manager of his, or if you're a chiefs fan, but and, and good for him, he deserves it. I mean, what, a what, a, I mean, he's a superstar and he plays the most important position in sports just entering his prime right now. I mean, what more can you say?
1: Yeah, honestly, I think we talked about uh – having Lamar number one or Patrick Mahomes number one, the last time you and I potted together. So I think the one thing that I'm just thankful for, I said it last episode, we talked about it and I'll I'll say it once again, I'm just thankful that we got his first Super Bowl win out of the way. Like we don't have to, we don't have, we don't have to have like goof. we, We don't have to have goofballs yesterday being like a 10 year contract extension. This guy hasn't even won the big one yet. Or like even five years from now, we're still doing that. I'm glad he's got his first Super Bowl. He'll probably get more. There's nothing more really to say about the contract extension, but this is good timing, Dalton, because we just put out our Chiefs fantasy preview for the year. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I think it was me, Andy, and Scott did that one. Uh, so yeah, you weren't one of the guys to answer the questions or whatever. But you know, we talked about obviously this entire team. One thing I want to I want to pick your brain about more than just the pass catchers because I don't know about you. I'm I'm definitely in on drafting. Hill and Kelsey, where they're currently going in fantasy, and I, I'm kind of, you know, okay on taking late shots on Nicole Hardman in best ball formats, whatever, but the one interesting sp- spot for me, and I feel like I've started to hear some more people talk about this too, the running back coach just said that they expect incumbent running back Damian Williams to have a big year, uh, I think that was from a piece in The Athletic. Uh, is it time to kind of pump the brakes on the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire train? Because, th- look, that one's been running off the tracks for quite some time. As a 49ers fan, I can't quite share your same sentiments about being glad Mahomes uh, is a Super Bowl winner. Yeah, yeah, but I get yeah, your general course.
0: points. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I think I'm the highest in the industry, or at least among them, on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire Um uh, I said, Grant, uh, Barfield said that, Grant Barfield said that Graham Barfield said he's the best route runner that he's scouted since uh, McCaffrey. Uh, just look at the tape. People don't catch 50 passes in college uh, like he did last year. Um, and it's, I love the system. I get it if you're doing projections. It's like, it's tough. I don't think you can project them for more than 250 touches. But I don't think it's crazy to project 12 touchdowns right away. That offense yeah. is going to score 30 points a game. They're gonna, I project them to be the best offense in the NFL. Don't forget, looking at last year's numbers, that Mahomes was playing compromise that whole second half. All those pieces I just named. um, I mean, I could name question marks for any running backs in the second round. What about Aaron Jones, who had 15 catches in the second half last year, and they added A.J. Dillon? And um, there's a whole, uh, he has injury concern in the past. And you look at the snap percentage when Jamal Williams was not hurt, it ain't great. Uh, Austin Eckler, whatever. I could go on and on. I mean, Nick Chubb, uh, look at his splits when Kareem Hunt was there. So, wait, I'm not yeah. even even guys I like. I mean, there's even, uh, we could get, I mean, so to me, I get the rookie year. Maybe I'm going to be burned because I'm also really high on Jonathan Taylor and even Burrow and CeeDee Lamb in and the, and the short and off season, Maybe it's just totally a donkey move. But a rookie with fresh legs who looks like potentially awesome. The first running back taken. I mean, they spent a first round pick on him. Uh, Damian Williams, um, I like the player, but before last year, Never had more than 50 carries in a season, 28, 29 years old. Come on, Damian Williams. I mean, Clyde is yeah. lair I, I will take him back into the first round still.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it, when you look at Damian Williams, like you mentioned, kind of a journeyman. Uh, he's definitely looked pretty good in, in a Chiefs uniform, especially in the Super Bowl. I mean, he did have... Could have been a, the MVP. Yeah, a, yeah, could have been yeah. the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah, admittedly, had a, the last time we saw him uh, play, he was playing quite well and winning them a championship. So I, I don't think he's – I think Scott put it in the preview. Like, Williams is too good to be completely kicked to the curb immediately. But – I and, and the way the question was phrased too I think is important in, in our team preview. But let me just read it directly. There's plenty of hype surrounding rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but Damian Williams is still in the picture. Williams is going 60 picks after the rookie. Uh, do you think – and then the question is, do you think – the rookie's going to break out or will Williams be more involved in, in the offense than the ADP suggests? And I think the answer to that question is, yeah, I think Williams is going to be more involved than uh, Edwards Hilaire's uh, or CEH. I don't even know what to call him, man. And we got to get a nickname. Yeah, for I guy. know. It's, a, it's uh, uh, me, or... either, me neither. Me
0: <laughs> neither.
1: Yeah. But or Fresh Prince of Hilaire, right? No, nah, that works. That works. We could do that. Um, but like, yeah, so I think the ADP for the rookie is – would make you think that Williams is going to be less involved than he probably is. But I also really like the way that you put it here because you look at the running backs going in that range like I think of a guy too, Josh Jacobs. We just are right we're writing up our Raiders preview right now. That guy's got plenty of questions in his outlook as well from a passing game perspective. I think he's probably one of the best already, I think one of the best pure runners in the NFL. But he's definitely got a problematic projection when it comes to the passing game. Ran fewer routes than Jalen Richard last year. And I think actually Edwards Hilaire gives you the benefit of a really good passing game floor. Like there's I think there's very little chance that he busts out and is like completely not usable in fantasy because he's a receiving back attached to uh, the best quarterback in the league on one of the best offenses in the league right now. Like there's a really, really safe floor with that player, in my opinion. Uh, but I think he obviously has access to a great weekly and a great season long ceiling. Think about Austin Eckler's going in that same range. I think you could make the argument that like what Austin Eckler was last year when Melvin Gordon got back could actually provide a pretty similar template to for Clyde Edwards Hilaire this this coming season. And that doesn't mean like we, we all know that we knew that Eckler was going to take a hit once Melvin Gordon got back. He wasn't going to have those same explosive weeks that he did in the first month of the season or whatever when Melvin Gordon was holding out. But when he got when Gordon got back, it wasn't as if Eckler was just a stone zero because he was a great receiving back on an offense that wasn't anything close to Kansas City. So I actually think that provides a pretty usable template there for a guy who's going to have a nice floor and won't completely destroy you, even if the ADP is is a little out of control.
0: I want to circle back to your example about Jacobs, who uh, was among the league leaders and broken tackles as a rookie. Looks like a fantastic, uh, you know, future, maybe even future back. But it doesn't look like Las Vegas is going to treat him as such, as you said, as a pass catcher. They just didn't throw it to him. They're bringing back Richard. They, they drafted Bowden. Um, but the point I wanted to make is what I think fantasy owners underrate is I think the Chiefs could score t- literally twice as many points as the Raiders this year, who made Marcus yeah. Mariota their highest paid backup. I'm wor- they scored like 20 points after halftime in the third quarter last year. I'm worried about the coaching staff the Decision making, the drafting from top to bottom. I don't think they're going to. They, that's a problem when your team spends half the time in, in the red zone as the other team. And I think the Chiefs' backfield could combine easily for twenty touchdowns. I mean, I, Damian Williams. That is my thirtieth. He's a fine RB three, and especially in PPR, I think they both can be plenty valuable. So, um, yeah, it's a nice point uh, example with with Eckler too. But but Jacobs, I think teams are just kind of underestimating uh, the situations and just frankly how many how many points that team's going to score.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, draft guys who have a pretty clear pathway to workload on some of the best offenses in fantasy, usually not, like, the worst strategy. And I think Edwards Hilaire clearly is going to be involved, especially as a pass catcher. Like, if the roles were reversed, and we don't know exactly what the roles are going to be, but if if Edwards Hilaire was not a guy who had a great receiving portfolio and was more of an early down runner going in that range – I'd be a lot more worried because then it's like, oh, the, if the pesky veteran like it is in Oakland, the pesky veteran is is the receiving back. I think that's like much more problematic than if if the roles were reversed there. So, like I said, I think he still has a pretty good season long floor, even if, again, I do think the price suggests more optimism for his feature back potential in year one.
0: Yeah, but again, I'm the crazy man. I seem to be extra aggressive. I just drafted him in the beginning of round three in the uh, fishbowl. Uh, how's your team so far? You, you're going. You went quarterback. You said right. So you're uh, people. It's it's an interesting strategy. It's an interesting league with such a different scoring format. But uh, I've stuck to my running back heavy ways.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's smart. And with this with the Scott Fishbowl, it's always hard because <laughs> I I feel. I feel like I go so many different ways. You can go so many different ways. Like these drafts are all so different that it's hard to compare like league to league. Like I've seen totally. a few writers – yeah, I've seen a few writers on, on Twitter like going back and forth about it and like, man, I wish I had the aggressive quarterback drafters of your league or the passive quarterback drafters of your league because – You've got some leagues taken – and I, honestly, I've been aggressive with quarter, quarterbacks so far. I took Dak Prescott at the end of round one. I took Josh Allen at the end of round three because of the super flex format. And yeah. with with Josh w- – w- I mean with, with Josh Allen we'll, – we'll get to Josh Allen later. We can talk about that too. And then I took uh, Derrick Henry in round two and Allen Robinson in round four, and that's about all we're uh, looking at so far. But I just honestly – part of me too with Scott Fishbowl is like psychologically – I just don't want to be worrying about the quarterback spot that much, you know. Like these waivers are already such a nightmare sometimes, and I've been in leagues where so many backups would get drafted. It's it's a mess. So and I, the I scoring with the huge
0: minus four interception, it could get you like you know negative points even too. So, but I'm playing chicken at the position. I have guys ranked higher than most people. We'll see how it goes. So it's going to be uh, definitely different. I went Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Edwards Hilaire. And then our guy, Alan Robinson, couldn't help myself. Oh, and then nice. most are just because fifth round. Come on, you're, you're disrespecting uh, the 49ers. Why well, well, the 49ers? Have, uh, it's really weird. You know, they scored the second most points per game last year, have the same system, Kyle Shanahan, added Trent Williams, drafted receiver in the first round. Uh, their defense is going to regress, yet no one wants any of their pieces. Garoppolo's an afterthought. I mean, he's like undrafted. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird to me. I guess Kittle gets some love, but uh, it's odd. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I think with the 49ers, this is one of those teams where, at least me personally, I just ha- I don't have a lot of confidence like where the work is going to go. You know, especially now with the Debo injury, I think really makes things hard to to, to to mark out. Maybe that does just make me that much higher on Kittle. I know I've taken Kelsey ahead of him in a couple of drafts and maybe, maybe I should just be more optimistic, more bullish about their best player because, yeah, they're clearly going to throw the ball more. That does make me worried a little bit too about Mostert. It's a guy who doesn't have a great receiving uh, portfolio, and on his on his. Uh his resume, played wide so.
0: receiver in college. Uh, he didn't play the position. You just have yeah, You right. don't throw it to him. You're right. You're absolutely right. I, you're, uh, he'll probably get hurt. I have too many shares of him. He'll, he'll, he's 28 year old. He's never done it. And he's going to get hurt. But, 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 but Jimmy G, why does no one want Jimmy G? Because he doesn't have a, an alpha number one receiver. I mean, do you know that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got 10.0 YPA on first downs last year? That's all the yeah. smart people say. That's the best way to gauge quarterbacks. Seems to me it's usually translate to touchdown production, but um, no one wants any part of him in fantasy. And it's just, it's 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 odd to me i mean i guess i don't know i mean he missed that throw in the super bowl i guess he'll always be punished for it
1: yeah there's that and i think it just people are not too familiar with the receivers that he's working with and i think someone's going to be you know a huge surprise from this wide receiver group i don't i but i don't know who it's going to be you know i mean debo if he comes back when he cut like when he comes back, he's obviously going to be in a great position. But, like, is Jalen Hurd going to be a complete steal? Is Dante Pettis going to be a thing again? Is Brandon Ayuk going to. I have kind of been fading rookies more and more, which I know is like kind of antithetical to what you've been doing so far this year. I've found myself shying away from maybe like not younger players in general, but definitely first year guys. But is Brandon Iok going to come out and have like an awesome Debo Samuel type rookie year? I think all of those things are possible. I just don't know which one it's going to be. And I think that is probably the thought that people have when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo and why they've been backing away.
0: Yeah. It's just the scheme though. Fantasy owners don't have to, yeah. they don't, it doesn't matter who's receiving if you're G- Garoppolo, you know, it doesn't matter who's throwing it to. But uh, anyway, I'm, I again, I'm, 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 I'm the different one there uh, based on the market. So we talking still chief still.
1: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, uh, I think your, your point about Williams, whether he can have any standalone value, I think is, is an interesting question. And then, where, where are you looking like deeper down? Are you drafting guys like Nicole Hardman or Sammy Watkins at all late? Or are you, cause that was another one of the questions I thought was interesting. Like there's a lot of intriguing players in this offense, but I've been more willing to be like, I'd rather just pay premium dollar for Tyreek Hill or, uh, Travis Kelsey rather than in redraft non best ball type formats, taking any shots with Hardman or Watkins. Yeah,
0: I haven't ended up with many Chiefs other than the backs uh, on my team because I'm going running backs early for Tyreek Hill, um, who I could you know see have a, a monster year. And I've never been a Sammy Watkins guy. Um, and Nicole Hardman, I could see it for sure, especially if injury strike. But boy, is he getting drafted pretty aggressively. So he's always just about 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 a half a round before I'm ready to go there but I could see it I mean there's a lot of upside in this system but for the pass catchers not so much and I also do have Kittle for the reasons I mentioned before ahead of Kelsey too so if I were going to go tight end early I would go Kittle um so no it's this Clyde Edwards Hilaire bus for me with the Chiefs pretty much but no it's fine if you sprinkle in Damian Williams too but really it's just been the rookie for me so I'm all in on this quote-unquote better version of Brian Westbrook we'll we'll see <laughs>
1: I love it, man. All right, let's move on to a player that I know we both wanted to talk about last time we podcasted together, but ran out of time. Uh, right before I dipped out to tr- to drive across country, uh, I wrote a piece about Josh Allen in my series on players who are going to shape the 2020 season. I know you're – where are you with Josh Allen? Because I actually – Once I published this piece, I saw uh, T.J. Hernandez, a friend of both of ours, writes for four for four. He put out a piece about why Josh Allen could have the overall QB1 upside in 2020, which I thought was aggressive. But I came away from my piece feeling even better, like not that level of better, but definitely better about Josh Allen. Like, I think there are ways the Bills can make this all work. But where are you with Allen heading into this year? Yeah,
0: yeah i'm on the opposite spectrum um i've mentioned before that he's from this fireball this local farming community kind of by my area and our producer ragu actually drove by it visiting us to send me a picture pretty funny he can contest how desolate it is out there fun player maybe the funnest player in the nfl right now he's super i right? had the highlights uh i think he has the eighth most rushing touchdowns of the last two years which certainly helps for uh for quarterbacking when it comes to fantasy but I really worry about the threshold with uh, the with, uh, accuracy and playing the quarterback position. I know they added Stephon Diggs, uh, probably the best route runner. I mean, you would know more than me. I'm not sure if that's going to matter, really. And I also don't know the odds of, of Smokey Brown and Diggs both staying healthy. Uh, again, I don't want to get into gory details, but I mean, you look at the next-gen stats, and his uh, you know his CPAE was bottom five last year, and the only people below him were Bursett, Haskins, Minshew, and David Blau, or Blow, I don't know. Um, it could be young players can they can get better um I don't know he's also probably the most injury prone uh with the way he plays too uh I that matters I'm, more surprised, I'm surprised I'm surprised
1: we haven't seen more I'm surprised we haven't seen more of that honestly like with how reckless he is. I still think that the most the most fitting uh analysis I've ever seen of Josh Allen, it was i think it was like during his rookie year or maybe early in his second season. Uh, my buddy, Charles McDonald was doing a podcast. Uh, he writes for New York daily news now. And he, he, he said, he's like, Josh Allen looks like he wakes up like two seconds into a plane. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm playing NFL quarterback. Like that, that is exactly how he plays the position
0: for sure. Um, he does no doubt. Scott Barrett came out with a nice, uh, strength of schedule series. He has Buffalo having by far the toughest quarterback, uh, schedule, um, Evan Silva, I heard him. He has him ranked like fourth, and you just said T.J. Hernandez it, it really likes him. So I'm probably the fool here, and I hope I'm wrong because I really do like Josh Allen. I'm going to root for him, and he's super fun. But uh, he, his accuracy, I'm not sure if he can be an NFL quarterback
1: for the, you know for the future for the long term. So this is that was one thing that I I was digging in on when writing my piece and I like I totally agree with you. I think it's would be disingenuous to say that he's probably ever going to be, you know, even a 68% completion percentage passer. That would be a huge jump. But I think the bills can do a few things to make Allen's life a little bit easier. One of the worst like where his passing completely falls apart is when the play breaks down. Uh, I think he runs himself into a lot of bad situations. Some of the numbers on this uh, that I was able to dig up, according to sports radar, Allen was the worst quarterback last year on plays with a time to throw of over three and a half seconds. His passer rating was 37.9. I mean, just completely tanks when he has to hold the ball. Then then he's, t- he's throwing picks. He's throwing incompletions down the field. Uh, his catchable pass rate was six worse among starting quarterbacks in that area. So again, that is where I think his accuracy really falls apart. And I think that's, that might be where the Bills were thinking, acquiring, like, Stefan Diggs, you mentioned, is the best route runner in the NFL. Josh, Josh, I mean, excuse me, John Brown is also, in reception perception, a pristine route runner and Elite separator, honestly. And on plays where Allen has a 2.8 second or less time to throw, he had 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, 95 passer rating. And again, no doubt there's room for growth there, but I think that's something that they can build on. So I think I'm with you that Allen is always going to have verifiable weaknesses and like he's never going to be one of the most efficient passers in the league. But with his rushing ability, and if the Bills can continue to adjust his own style of play, in addition to adding all of these great new pieces, I think there might be more stability here than we're than we're initially giving him credit for.
0: That's fair, and it just absolutely has to be hammered home that the fantasy value with with his legs is, is huge. I mean, rushing quarterbacks huge. I mean, it absolutely has that going for him. I mean, so the upside you guys say the top five, and all that. Totally agree with that because that's you you can't you can't simply if you like Goff does not have that upside because you, you have yeah. to have the ability to run. So for sure, one thing I would like to uh, enough of the negativity after this, I would caution Devin Singletary for these for these reasons though. Yeah. Man, I still see him getting drafted too aggressively, and I liked him early on, but Zach Moss is just going to be a younger version of Frank. Gore last year, and Allen eats all those goal line carries too. So Singletary doesn't even catch it that much. So I, I like the yeah. player. He, he proved that he was a better football player than his workout metrics suggest. But fantasy wise, I would stay away from Singletary.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, I I really wanted to like him because I thought he was sneaky leaps like sneaky pretty good last year. Uh, performed pretty well he once he started to get twenty plus touches. Uh, so I, I wanted to like him a lot more. But you know, even the coaching staff said. I think it was easy for fantasy managers at first to be like, oh, Zach Moss could just be exactly what Frank Gore was last year. But I think the coaching staff even recently came out and said, yeah, we expect him to have Frank Gore's role from last year, which is like, oh, great. That's just a total pain if you're a Singletary guy and you want him to get some of that work. Totally.
0: Again, I hope I'm wrong about Josh Allen. And, and a lot of people are, are apparently really bullish on him. And that's interesting. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, maybe guys get better. You know, they improve. And it's certainly yeah. possible he, he he does that.
1: I think yeah, like I said, I, I I've not really been a Josh Allen guy through most of his career, and I will also say I will say you know two caveats to my take. Number one, part of what I'm saying is you know it's really all much easier to like say in in principle than put into practice, like asking somebody to change who they are fundamentally as a player. Because like I said, I'm asking Josh Allen to essentially not do the thing that I think like I, my analysis started with. I think part of his, part of him is just so ingrained You'd be like, oh, man, I, I'm frenetic, and this is how I make plays. Can you really dial that out of him? Because that's what I think it's going to take for him to you know, fix some of these inaccuracy problems. Uh, I don't know about that. Also, number two, I'm a huge Stefan Diggs and John Brown guy. Like, I've been a truther, like, beating the drum for these players for years and years. So that might be my own internal bias that I'm, I'm like, getting on board with Josh Allen because I want these two players to succeed – that that's that could totally be my bias. So let's, let's just all caveat that. However, think that there's enough to work with. And like in Scott Fishbowl, he's my number two quarterback in a super flex format. I, I love that because that's a situation where I think he can just those big weeks, he's just going to hammer you, you know, and, and that I think is possible, even if the season long stability, it, we're still it's still a work in progress.
0: First of all, it'd be awesome if he becomes a superstar quarterback coming from a town that literally has two stoplights. But I I might be personally (laughs) underestimating Uh, The ability of these good receivers, star receivers, to uh, upgrade their quarterbacks. uh, Because I'm doing it here with down on Allen, down on Tom Brady, the stage of his career. Obviously, he's loaded weapons there, too. And even Mayfield. So those guys, you know, were really poor in the next-gen stats last year. Uh, Maybe they don't even have to take a big leap forward if they just have these absolutely ridiculous uh, receivers to throw to. So And Allen would qualify here with Diggs and Brown. I'm with you. I mean, Brown's awesome. But again, can he stay healthy? And his Diggs ever played 16 games? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I I, um, I don't know. you facing the the Patriots twice. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, the other rest of the division will be fairly, but Scott Barrett, again, the hardest fantasy schedule uh, for quarterbacks, although that might not matter as much when you can run like Allen.
1: Yeah, I hear. I think I fell for that trap a little bit too. I'll tell you what though, they want to use a lot of two tight end sets. I don't think that they're going to be all that eager to, to trade him away because I, I don't know that anyone's going to want to send them a bunch back in return. And also, it, but if he did ever get traded, I think that would be a huge boost for a guy like Austin Hooper who's, you know, becoming pretty affordable in drafts. So that's something to keep your eye on. Uh, but, you know, yeah, nothing, nothing too major there. Just to close it out here, man, uh, tell me one thing you've changed your mind about in the last week football-wise. Could be a player, a team, an opinion on a fancy stat we overvalue, anything like that.
0: Yeah, so I'd um well the main one came out, I haven't talked to you about your I've been so negative here. This feels like this podcast. But um all right, here's here's my, my hot take ish, I guess. Um I kept Jared Stidham ranked ahead of Cam Newton on my fantasy rankings. And apparently I'm the only oh, human no. being who doesn't expect <laughs> Cam Newton to be a star after not playing and with these ridiculous injuries and and, and in that system. But Again, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. So how 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 aggressive are you with Cam Newton these days? Like like the rest of the industry just seems to absolutely be treating him, you know, top 10ish type fantasy QB.
1: Yeah, I I don't know that I can make him a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Uh I haven't completed my ranking. I've re, re-updated my rankings since I was on vacation uh while he was and I don't even like to do my rankings when I'm not on vacation, so I certainly would not going to do it then. I got to probably do that after we get off this podcast, or else Jason's going to be hitting me up like, "Hey, buddy, don't want to be uh, don't want to be too pushy here. You now you got a lot going on in your life, but uh, maybe update those rankings for me." Uh, but yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll get that done, Jason. Don't worry about it. But uh, with Cam, I don't know. It's I agree with you. There's a lot of negativity. You know, we're talking about. The lack of familiarity with the team. We're talking about all his his own questions. If he's healthy, man, I mean, I think he can ha- he can be a really fun player in New England, and I think that they can, you know they they can still franchise tag him next year. I think that's really appealing if he does have a big year. They could kind of go year to year with Cam and sort of figure out the position later. But look, I'm a I'm a Cam guy. I, I've always loved the player. Always thought he got you know too t- tough of a rap, but. There's there's a lot to not like about the New England offense, even if Cam Newton is the 2018 version of Cam Newton. You know, I, I liked the weapons that 2018 Cam was working with. Christian McCaffrey in the background. Uh, in, I mean, in the backfield. Curtis Samuel kind of popping every now and again. DJ Moore figuring it out as a rookie. Greg Olson was still playing pretty well at that point. Like... That's not a lot to like in New England, you know? So all of those questions we had about the offense beyond the quarterback position, still pretty problematic in New England. I don't think I'm going to be one of the most bullish on Cam, but I definitely think he's going to start. Uh, I think he's going to beat out Jared Stidham, who I think is, you know, kind of a no, like a, a nothing entity.
0: Yeah, that's what everyone thinks. It's a, that's a no brainer. Um, I just viewed it a little differently. Uh, it was, uh, they lost a the third round pick and this essentially to me, they at worst bought it back here. Uh, if he leaves next year, they get the third rounder that they lost the same night they, they announced this news conveniently, uh, they would get it back. It's a yeah. bare minimum contract other than incentives otherwise. Uh, Belichick's uh, he has spoke glowingly of him in the past, but I just think it's, uh, you know, the injury history, I get that his age isn't super old, but um just the, the serious injuries with that shoulder and then the Liz Frank And uh, just his style versus this this system, but it's more of a, more of a, I'm just kind of into every every time you read anything about Jared Stidham, Jared Stidham, it it seems like they, they are onto something there, but I, I, again... I'm out in a limb there. We'll see uh, Cam Newton, uh, baller, and uh, I hope he is healthy, and that'll be interesting. But I'm just frustrated because I was in on the Patriots, uh, and I liked them as buy lows and future bets and whatnot, and now the market's yeah. just crazy. And in my opinion, it's for the wrong reason. I think Stidham has a 50% shot of, of finishing with, you know, I don't know about starting week one or whatever, but I think he'll end up being the better quarterback. But again, I'm the only one who thinks that, and I'm a crazy person. So uh, congr- <laughs> congratulations again, Matt. And uh, yeah, it was nice talking football with you again. But uh, yeah, man, congratulations. That's awesome news, man. Super happy for you.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. And, yeah, I mean, I get to talk about uh, Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cam Newton on one episode. I think that's about uh, the best I can hope for. We'll be back next Thursday. Or we'll be back Thursday. Subscribe to the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Therese and Charles while you're at it. You can sign up for a fantasy football league on Yahoo right now. We have standard leagues, best ball to whatever you're looking for. You can do it right now on Yahoo Fantasy. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB, and that's at Dalton Del Don. We're out. One, two.